0: Hello, everyone. My name is Caroline Ray. I'm an M&A partner at Herbert Smith Freehills.
1: And my name is Gavin Davies. I head the global M&A practice here at Herbert Smith Freehills.
0: Firstly, I'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're listening to this, then hopefully it means that you've downloaded or received and indeed read a copy of our 2020 global M&A report Just a quick reminder of how we prepare this report, around December of each year, we speak to our colleagues in our 27 offices around Europe, Asia and Australia, and we take a moment to reflect on how the last 12 months has gone in terms of activity, and share the key issues that we've been facing on M&A deals, and in particular, issues which have affected the legal execution process. We then choose four issues and speak about them in more detail in the report. Gavin, before we mention the four issues for 2020, should we take a moment to reflect on your views on the level of M&A activity in 2019 and also explain the name of the report. It's called M&A in 2020, The New Normal. What's the thinking behind the title?
1: Thanks, Caroline. Well, in 2019, globally, M&A's been busy. Activity's been healthy, notwithstanding the persistent geopolitical and economic uncertainty that we're all now familiar with. And can expect more of going forward. Even though deals were happening, though, it was another year where, in many countries, the actual execution of those deals was challenging. What are those challenges? Well, they are the political uncertainties, their regulatory intervention, there's the presence of competing buyers in competitive global markets. Taken together, these factors have meant that on many deals, getting from parties agreeing to sign a deal to closing on that deal has been difficult and taken longer. It means for us as MA lawyers, we spent a lot more time with our clients and counterparties negotiating the conditions to those deals closing, negotiating the protection packages and the other sets of legal frameworks around the periods between the signing and the closing. How are we going to cover intervening events that occur during that time? We talked about this last year because deal disruption has been a theme for some time. Last year we called our report succeeding in a climate of disruption. I think we now will recognise that the conditions that we are living in are not a short term feature of the markets. They're something that we all need to face going forward and will do for a number of years. These issues are the new normal. For global MA, and that's why we've called that as the report name.
0: Okay, so what are the four issues for this year? The first issue is ESG going mainstream. ESG is an increasingly important role in MA, as far as we're seeing. ESG is, of course, not a new topic, it's been on the agenda for many companies for many years, particularly in certain sectors like mining and resources. But accelerating awareness of the threat of climate has pushed ESG up the agenda for companies across all sectors. We're at a stage now where if companies ignore ESG, they may expose the business to significant reputational risk as well as liability from mitigation and compliance failures. And this view is only confirmed by the letter from Larry Fink, the chairman and CEO of BlackRock, very recently, where he told CEOs that BlackRock would be making investment decisions with environmental sustainability as a core goal. So ESG is here to stay, and it's an important factor to consider into the M&A process. For example, it needs careful consideration, both for diligence and post-completion compliance.
1: The second topic we've called out is the return to the market of public to private deals. 2019 saw a return of financial buyers to the public markets in terms of making takeover bids, particularly in the UK, also in Australia and and other markets. Private equity bidders are no longer deterred by some of the challenges associated with public deals. Private equity firms and infrastructure and wider real asset funds teamed up um, they have plenty of dry powder, they joined up in consortia on some occasions to boost their financial f- firepower. They're keen to assume the risks and rewards that are available in larger public to privates. We think this is also linked to the growth of the wider private capital class. There's the continued trend of pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, family offices and this wider class which perhaps historically has more typically been a co-investor community. We're seeing more and more keenness for them to actually play a principal role in deals in private and now in public M&A deals as well. We think that these trends will continue into this year, particularly the appetite for public to privates, where financial buyers can see the potential to get greater value in perhaps underpriced public equity markets compared to some quite overcrowded private auctions.
0: The third theme was the continuing rise of political intervention. Again, this is not a new topic, we spoke about it last year, but we decided to keep it in this year as we're finding that it continues to be a really important issue for M&A transactions across the regions. The shift that we have seen towards stricter foreign direct investment regimes in countries that have traditionally been open to investment shows no sign of abating. The focus is now well beyond Chinese companies and the concept of national security continues to be extended. It's no longer confined to deals in the defence sector. It includes critical infrastructure, communication assets and advanced technology and data. So what we're seeing is that FDI filings are increasingly important and they're an important piece of the regulatory jigsaw for a cross-border M&A transaction.
1: And the fourth topic we've called out is third parties disrupting deals. M&A deals in 2019 continue to take longer to close. More parties were at the table. It wasn't just buyer and seller. It was politicians with political intervention. It was antitrust regulators with regimes around the world and increasing appetite to intervene. It was shareholders on larger deals where consent was needed or indeed capital was going to be raised. These players at the table and those processes necessarily extended the gap between signing and closing. And during that gap, that's given the chance for both activists and perhaps traditional shareholders to take a more active interest. It means that perhaps some of the conditions, market and economic, around the deal has the possibility of changing, causing disruption. And it means that interlopers have the chance to come in and gate crash the deal. We only see these conditions maintaining or increasing in 2020. One particular factor is that FDI, existing foreign direct investment regimes, are expanding. We're seeing developments in cifius in the U.S., we're seeing a new China investment law, and we're seeing a new regime coming into place in Europe and continued discussion around a possible new regime in the U.K.
0: So we're going to have a separate podcast on each of these topics to go into a bit more detail, so please do listen out for those. Uh, to wrap up, Gavin, a word on what you see for 2020 in terms of M&A activity?
1: I think we remain overall cautiously optimistic. There are many factors which seem like they should continue to drive M&A, the sort of tailwinds uh, compared to or perhaps the headwinds that we've just looked at. There's plenty of dry powder around with this, you know, private equity financial buyers and wider private capital class. There are shareholder activists who are not only pursuing campaigns, but actually driving some of the m and situations. Um, we have that private equity class looking at public companies, and we have some end-of-cycle transactions coming up with companies focusing on their core businesses, looking to divest non-core or underperforming divisions. But I think perhaps the last word should go to tech, Just as Caroline said earlier, that environmental social governance issues, ESG issues are in every sector, so tech is in every sector. Tech disruption in in every sector we can think of um, will drive deal making as companies, as boards think about what impact that will have on their future, their very future viability. So sitting still isn't the right answer in, in the face of tech disruption. We see that driving both traditional m but also other forms of investment, whether it's interesting partnering arrangements or perhaps venture capital and corporate venture capital type investing. So all in all, we can see a busy year ahead for us, but we, of course, continue to caution that deals are a little bit messier, they're taking longer to complete, and getting to completion can be challenging.
0: Okay, well, thank you for listening. That wraps up our intro and our first podcast for our MA 2020 report. Please do visit our website at herbertsmithfreehills.com, where you can download the report and listen to the other podcasts.